This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Beware of the dog, Mike and the Mad Dog, on Sports Radio 66. All right, how about a great ovation for the Super Bowl winning coach Tom Coughlin, folks? Tom, great to have you with us. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Chris. Uh, what a difference a year makes, huh? <laughs> well, it's nice to be here, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's forgotten all that stuff. Well, I'm sure he has. He, he's moved on now that he's got a championship. You don't have to worry about anything. Where is that Where is that ring? Uh, it's home, tucked in the safe. Uh, Thank you're you. not a sentimental guy. Do you get sentimental when you think about that game? No, not really. Not at this point. I'm looking forward. That's You're looking for deal, it. yeah. Plus, those rings are so big, how could you wear them? Well, you, you know? we wore the, the, you know, my wife insists you wear it everywhere, but when you come to camp, the, you, you don't bring the ring. It's, um, you know, you, you, the, it's great to, to uh, congratulate your team and talk about the success uh, of the Super Bowl championship team, but, but then you've got to move on. Uh, you said congratulations on the first day of camp. It sounds like you may have got a little John Wooden thing. and I know you make <laughs> yeah, a lot of calls. Right. So where, no, I call did. That, that? That, that was a John Wooden. John, no, it was. Okay. John thought that, um, you know, you spend time talking to your team about their accomplishments, how wonderful it is, congratulating them, but then making them understand that what you did yes, yesterday is not necessarily going to affect what you do today. So you've got to take advantage of every moment that you have, and you really have to look forward. You move forward. You move on. Uh, do you feel that... This team, you, it's a very tough way. I, I know you got a little chip on your shoulder because everybody thinks, ah, fluked. Uh, so you can use that to your advantage. But there's always that Super Bowl hangover, too. You know, February's not that long ago. And now you're back out here in hot weather, two a days, training camp. It's hard to think. It's only four months you won. Right. And now it's 08 again. you got to go play 20 games, 16. Right. That's, that's a very tough thing for an athlete to deal with. Well, it is. But the challenge is there. And, and really what our team has done well is everything we've challenged them with, uh, they've responded well, too. So... We're looking forward to uh, accomplishing this uh, this facet of it, which is to move forward, and uh, hopefully we'll handle it well. We've had uh, uh, good sessions here. The weather hasn't always been great. We needed a little warm. You mentioned the warmth. You're in two days. You could use a little more heat. Hasn't been. You have a lot of rain so far. Plus, yeah. training camp's not the same anymore anyway. I mean, no. you guys aren't rough no, anymore. No. Boy, no. I tell you, it's really to see no. a practice like this, or not even practice, a walkthrough. Before a first spring, tra- uh, for first preseason game is quite unusual, you know. Well, it's not unusual anymore. Not anymore. No. You're, you're the world has a, changed. A yes. lot of teams uh, have the uh, what they call two days is more like a jog through in the morning and then a full practice in the afternoon, and really it's simply a matter of numbers. And you, right. and you stop and think about it, you, you think that it doesn't make a lot of difference to go from 87 or 90 back to 80, but it does because by the time you throw your seven or eight surgical repairs in there, you got your specialist. You're talking about you're in the 60s now in terms of the numbers of guys to work with. And in camp, you're going to have a nick here or there. You're going to have some guys that can't come back out. So you're really talking about, in a lot of, a lot of ways, too deep. Well, in the old days, it didn't seem like you worried as much. Now everyone is so worried about getting through healthy in every position because you have no depth because of the salary cap like you used That's to. That's exactly right. You, you, you have uh, salary cap issues. You have issues with you know, how much uh, this year we're finding that if you look around the league, 
there's not as much patience with those injuries that are two or three weeks long in terms of the guys that are really trying to make the team because you got to move on. you got to have people to compete against in order to improve your team. All right, Burris, has he practiced at all here so far? No, no, he has not. Are you worried about that? Or I am. You and, are. Uh, we talked about that, uh, Plexico and I, and he is starting to feel better, and I'm hoping that in the next uh, few days here he can get to a position where is, he feels good about practice. Is this contract-related? I don't think it is. Um, he has an issue. There is no doubt about it. This is not the same issue. But, uh, you know, he's trying to work his way through that. And uh, the doctors have uh, have worked with him on this. Uh, he's wearing some different orthotics and even in his casual shoes. So I think that that'll help him. He's an unusual player, though, Tom. I mean, there's certain guys who seem to beat to a different drum. He's one of these guys, isn't he? I mean, well, he just he's an unusual guy that let's way. Let's put it this way. he had a, It was an incredible thing that he was able to accomplish last the year. The postseason was remarkable. Because you're yeah. talking about a guy who literally – now, toward the end of the year, we were able to get a practice once in a while. Right. Not, not the consistency of two or three practices a week, but once in a while. And then there would be a setback where he couldn't practice at all. But what he really did was, just like he does in training camp, he zooms in on what's being explained and what what the uh, responsibilities and assignments are. He listens to the corrections, vicariously looks at the other guy being corrected, and he puts himself in that position. So, so he's a good uh, student. He is a good student. Um, that, but the thing of it is, we all know, you've got to practice this game, and you have to get out there. And, uh, and I don't want to see this camp, this phase of our camp, slide by without having Plaxico on the field because – when we finish and go into Cleveland to play on Monday night, when we come back, we've got two practices between those last two preseason games. Now, that's not the intent of what a training camp and what preseason is, but that's the nature of the schedule. What is the position of interest right now? I mean, if there's one that you have a, if not a question about one that you, you know, just have a little, you know, an issue with or something you're really zeroing in on. Is there one position? Well, that... there's more than – there's obvious uh, – at each position there's a question here or there about how, how things are going to complement each other. But uh, in terms of our, our defensive line rotation, this is going to be an interesting uh, training camp and preseason because we've got to be able to find the, the, the right combination there that we had a year ago that was so, so uh, successful. Right. we got a lot of candidates. How about the secondary? Well, the secondary, I think um, – you know the safety position. We've got we've got some people there that um, that have played there. We've got some the young uh, safety Kenny Phillips. We've got Sammy Knight. Uh, Nehemiah Warwick is in, and he's been uh, he's done a good job. And Craig Dahl is back. So we're we're looking at a, a competitive situation there, and hopefully. Uh, due to that competition, will come out stronger. I would think, Tom, that if you look back at last year, and one of the messages would be to your team is, all right, we played great at the end. Last five, six games, we did a magnificent job, but we can be a lot more consistent in the first 10, 12 games of the season. A, we can win more games at home, so we can do that. No, that's the... but, but we can be a lot more consistent. We should not be in that situation. We're a good team that we have to go out there and beat Buffalo the 16th week to make the playoffs. We should be in a situation where we get home field. We, you know, we should be week to week. We should be one of the powerhouses in the NFL. We weren't necessarily that case last year. Would that be one of the lessons you've given your well, ball club? Well, consistency is definitely uh, something that we're striving for. We're not going to complain about winning 11 straight on the road. It didn't work out at home. I mean, the 3-5 and five at home, you, you definitely uh, – Broke all the axioms of professional football and would like to be a better team for our fans at home. Our fans were terrific on the 17th week of the season against uh, New England at home. But we do have to be better. We do have to shore up in some uh, some, some different ways. Of course, the 6-2 and two start after the 0-2 uh, 
uh, first couple of games we, we were able to come back and be six and two. And if we went into the second half and didn't have our little stumbles, we you know we lost to Washington and Dallas both at home, which uh, you know were difficult games for us to lose. And then the Minnesota uh, debacle at home also didn't didn't help. But the one thing we were we we were resilient. We were mentally tough. We persevered. We came back and we played our best football at the right time. Do you feel that the hangover? Do you believe in hangovers? No. You don't believe in that at all. No. No, I, you know, I look at that and I say to myself, okay, we would want to play into February every year, want to draft last. Uh, it does seem as if the, a great deal of the offseason flies by. There isn't any doubt about that. But the reality of it is you still are in control of your offseason program, your work on the field, your coaches eventually get everything done. They've always had to do their research and all of those projects and maybe a little bit later before they do. We didn't take as many OTAs last year. Because I, quite frankly, didn't feel that it was necessary. Our young guys, when our when our rookies came in, from the very moment they came in, they met every day and they were on the field. And uh, we didn't always go full speed, but we took them on the field and and then we worked them with our veterans as well. But don't forget, we played uh, probably 12 to 15 practice and/or games more than anybody else in the league, and those were highly, highly competitive opportunities for us to improve, and that really helped our young guys. Do you think it's the, it's so difficult to repeat because people get satisfied or because it's just hard for the ball to bounce the same way two it's years It's hard, ago? yeah. I mean, the, the, the parity, the, the, uh, the quality of the teams in our league, uh, uh, it's incredible. I mean, when you look at – just look at our division, for example, fighting your way out of our division – uh, well, just look the, at how close your playoff games were. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. they, they, yeah, one play can Michael decide. Johnson doesn't make that play in Green Bay. I mean, he may have lost that game. One, one, Bradshaw. Bradshaw digs the ball out on the 30-yard line after fumbling the exchange. And the, I showed two plays when we first came in. I said, these are two of the biggest plays you'll ever see in your life. They're written nowhere. They're on no headlines. They're no front pages. People don't talk about them as they do a lot of the other things that took place. But Michael Johnson... When he swatched the ball away from the kid at Green Bay, yep. was reaching down yep. for the ball after the the uh, fumble off of the interception, and and uh, and Dominic Hickson recovers the football at that point in time. The ball bouncing around. The difference is Favre's got the ball at midfield versus Eli having the ball at midfield, and uh, that play. And then in the Super Bowl, when we don't get our arm up high enough, and the, and the ball goes out, and the and the and the Patriot linebacker jumps on the ball. He's laying right on the ball. Bradshaw goes down and gets the ball back. Harrison's jumping around thinking they've got the ball. That that the football's at the thirty yard line. Those are huge plays in the in the in the in those two games. Do you like the bye so soon in a year? No, that's a that that is something that uh, you know. Quite frankly, I'm not going to complain about it. But everybody else in our division has got a suitable position for their bye. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. Second half of the oh, year. Oh, yeah. Nine after nine games after eight wow, games. And you have to go play twelve games play. in a row or whatever yeah, it is after the that. The only time we've gotten a bye that I've been real happy about has been because we went to Europe last year. So you that bye bothers you a little bit. What about the schedule? Is there anything else about the schedule that you don't like? You got four of your last six on a road. Well, is there anything else about the schedule that you don't like? That's you know that's the way it is in our in in, in the game, and I don't I'm not as worried about that as I would be if uh, if we had something where we could you know get that bye more toward the middle of the season. So the bye is do you like playing that Thursday night game? Well, because opening of, night. Because I know the, the reason why you're playing. Yeah, because you of like the nature. that. But how about the actual Thursday I, I, night? That that is something that's all, that what I, what that takes is a mental adjustment. That's all. You know, you're used to starting at a certain time. We always play our last preseason game on a Thursday night. We're used to having a nice little rest interval there, and then start and then play the following Sunday. But with this situation, we simply will go from playing Thursday night to playing Thursday night, 
and Sunday is a Wednesday, and here we go. You know, in the little bit of time that we get for a break, we'll come after that game. Because, Tom, you, and we're talking with Tom Coughlin, Mike, and the Mad Dog here at Giant Camp, your second and third preseason games, as you noted, are so close together. Will that make you play a vet? Now, three is always the game that everyone highlights, and no one plays four in the league. It's almost right. it's become a useless game. I mean, but will you play guys more one and three because two and three are so close this year? I mean, would you give guys more time in one and then back in three since three is always the dress no, rehearsal? to be honest with you, we'll, we'll try to stay on schedule. We may have to play a little bit more even in game two. You would? Because, well, you have to. Because simply, in other words, even in the opener, you're going to find positions that are only too deep. Those guys are going to play three quarters of the first preseason game. Uh, now, it's, uh, to look at it as opportunity is a wonderful thing, but it's a lot of snaps for that early in the year for some guys. Okay. Uh, do you know anything about Zorn's tendencies as a head coach that you got to be prepared about for that first game against the Redskins? Well, we all we know is his past and who he's been with and uh, basically what he believes in. And, I mean, you have uh, no game even go on. You just, no. You're playing him in his first game. Right. And we, we just uh, – the little bit about the defense that, uh, that has changed we'll have to adjust to, but uh, – you know, we try to f- pick up on everything we can and uh, and go from there. All right. Uh, uh, how about Tyree? Does Tyree get a little – I know he's special teams, which helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, listen, if I was the coach, he would, but I'm not, and I'm, I'm not in that business. Does he get a little break if he's banged up, that he sort of gets a little nod as the incumbent and in what he did, that he makes the team, even if he can't do a lot here in training camp, compared well, to all the other wide receivers that you have? Well, the one good thing about David Tyree is if you watched him uh, prepare as, even as, uh, as yesterday, he's running pretty well, and he is, he is coming along real fast, and I hope he's going to get a piece of training camp just so he can be prepared to play. So you feel not that worried about his injury then? I, I, feel like, I feel much better about that right now than I did a, a couple did. of months okay. ago. Yeah. Does it change what you do in, in the second preseason game because you see Cleveland so early in the regular season again? Would you play them any differently because of the fact well, you sure see we'll them again? I'm sure we'll do some things that, are, that, that perhaps are not uh, necessarily the way our team would, uh, would go. But, uh, uh, you know, just to a small extent. I mean, we have a schedule that we're on. We have emphasis. We know exactly what we're emphasizing at that point in time. You do a little bit more with the second game. You know, your real game plans come in the third game. Right. You, you always prepare, but in the first preseason game, you're simply preparing with what you've, you know, got in at this point in time. I mean, because you see Cleveland yeah. again right away, would you yeah. just show them nothing in terms no, of personnel no, because we, they play them so really? We would, we would do some things. We're not going to hold back that far, but uh, but there will be obvious things we won't. Two so. coaches who know each other very sure. well anyway. Uh, backup quarterback fight with Wright and with Carr, who we all know, but he's been banged up a lot, and, of course, Woodson. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a clear idea who's ahead right now? Are they going to play a lot in preseason to determine that? Who about the backup they're quarterback? Gonna play. They're going to play considerably. Um, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to see a great deal of them Thursday night. Eli will play a few plays and then come out, and then uh, Anthony will go in, and then David will come in after that. Would make me think that if there's a player that you have to almost redo him mentally, it's Carr. He's got to be a little shell shocked. He's had a very unfortunate career in a lot of ways. You know, he's taken a beating as well. He has career. had a difficult time. When you look at just the first couple of years in Houston, the number of sacks and the number of hits, those, that is difficult. But uh, he's a tough guy, and he does have the athleticism and mobility. Uh, Tom, we always talk about the Giants and how you're going to bounce back. He's a friend of yours. I would be fascinated to get a little crystal ball, and if you ever talk to us, to find out what the, how the Patriots are going to handle 
that loss. I mean, they go say they go 18 and 0 and they lose that last game, dramatic fashion, mm-hmm. last couple seconds. I mean, I don't. And Belichick, I guess he's just going to move on. Every what else can I do? First practice, next practice, I'll just do it like I always do it. But I wonder how that team will handle the fact they go through a regular season, a magical run, 16 and 0, and then all of a sudden you beat them. I mean, that's an unbelievable pillar. That's as tough a loss as you're ever going to have. How do you think Belichick, you know him, how do you think the Patriots respond to Well, that? I think uh, resiliency is a big part of their game, too, and I think they're very talented. And uh, when you look at the way it seems as though Bill has structured his preseason, it's uh, just like we all do. you got to start building a foundation. I don't care where you were at the end of last year, whether your offense, defense. And don't forget where they were ranked in all those categories. I mean, you talk about a team that was – Highly, highly ranked in the top 10 offense, defense, and special teams. But they'll start right back with a foundation. They'll look forward. Uh, the statements have been made that, you know, uh, whether we've been we've been on both sides of this thing and we've gone forward from there. So, uh, you know, you think I, haven't spent, be okay? I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm curious from a coaching perspective, having how do you handle that kind of scenario? You know that? Uh, how about He'd the, like to know. He'd like to go 60-0 and, and find out. Yeah, right? that's right. Uh, how about you? How's Tom Coughlin changed as far as having a Super Bowl under your belt? I don't think I've changed much. I think there was, uh, you know, an attempt that obviously last year to do a better job communicating with the players and uh, to take some of the rough edges off and that type of thing, which may, however that helped us, I don't know. But I do know that the, that the, uh, the communication with the players, the letting the players see a little bit more of uh, who I really am, uh, as described by Charles Way, a little bit uh, in terms of how you are when you're with your grandkids kind of thing. Uh, I think that helped open some doors and uh, – other than that, though, the, the values, the principles, all the things that I believe in, they haven't changed. You haven't softened then. That Super Bowl hasn't no. uh, made you a uh, no, soft, I, mellow old guy. I don't like that word, no. I, I know you don't. Does one game change you, though, Tom? Does it, you know, uh, Dean Smith made the comment, uh, and maybe he, it bothered him a little bit where he said, I'm not a better coach than I was 15 minutes ago when he finally won his first championship, and he had never won one <laughs> all those years. And he said that to the media when he went to the, that night, he said, I'm not a better coach than I was 15 minutes ago. You guys might think I am. Yeah. Do you felt, Did it make you feel like a better coach? You had been a guy that guys in the league always said was a very good coach. Did it make you feel like a better coach that you had won a championship? Well, I don't think that – you know, I've, I've always felt strongly about that part of it. Uh, you know, and uh, and had a couple of opportunities uh, very early on to get to the big game uh, with a young expansion team. So I don't, I never questioned uh, the the coaching aspect of it. I did think that uh, the concept of team uh, had to be really, really uh, brought to the forefront here uh, and emphasized greatly. And, and uh, fortunately for our team, our guys bought into it completely. But when you get one, it's got to mean something special. You, that, that's what you shoot for your Absolutely. whole life to get one. So when yeah. you get one, it's got to mean a lot. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. you know. And, and as I said, it's, in, it's on three levels, Mike. One is the, the original thought that you have immediately when the gun goes off and you've won. You know, We are the world champions. I remember in 90, I was standing in the, in the coach's booth in Buffalo thinking, my goodness, we are the world. We're the champions of the world. That's the first thing. And the second thing is your family. Your family is champions of the world. And what a tremendous thing it is to look in the eyes of your wife and your children and all the, all your family members and see what a great uh, thing that is for them to feel like they're the world champions as well. And then the third thing is to be able to do something for the betterment of mankind because of that opportunity. And uh, that's where the J-Fund comes in for us. Well, you do a wonderful job with that, Tom. Great job last year. Good luck again this year. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thanks, Thank you, Tom. Good Tom luck. Tom Coughlin, great okay. job with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.